Thank you so much for leading us to worship this morning and to hear the good news. Thank you. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Cindy. I've met some of you. I'm on staff here. And are there other kids out there? You are welcome to come up here so you can see better. I have some things in a bag that I might like to show you. And if you come closer, you'll have a better chance of seeing all of them. So I guess if there's adults that are like kids and you want to come sit on the floor, you're welcome to do that. Okay, I think I got it ready now. So did you guys, I don't know if you were aware that about a month ago, um, there was some really powerful, important people that came to where we are. The president of the United States was here. The president of China was here. And a bunch of other really powerful, important people. And you, ordinary people like you and me, we couldn't get close to them. When, they, when, we, when our area got ready for these important, powerful people, you know what they did? They put up all these fences so people like us couldn't get close to them. They closed down roads. There were traffic jams because of that. And they... The important people like the presidents and stuff, if you can see that, there's, they, they drive in these really nice cars in this like caravan. Um, and when we, people got ready for them to come, they didn't just prepare a regular house. They prepared, you call it an estate because it's such a nice house. And so they got this estate, this really nice house ready with these really fancy meals. Um, and that's, how we get ready for important, powerful people to come, right? Now, we're getting ready in Advent for the most important and the most powerful person to come. Who are we, have we been getting ready for? Jesus. Jesus, right. And one of the names that we call Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Why do you think we call him that? Has got any ideas why we call him King of Kings and Lord of Lords? That's one of his names. It's kind of a long, big name. Yeah. Yes, he is. Um, if you didn't hear that, um, she said maybe because he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, which he is. Um, and basically, what that means is he's in charge of everyone and everything. So he's actually in charge of the president of the United States. He's in charge of the president of China. He's in charge of all of those people, and he's more powerful and more important than all of them. So if we were getting ready to have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, King Jesus, come to our house for dinner, now I guess if he was like those presidents, he probably wouldn't be coming to our house, but let's just pretend. If we were getting ready to have him come for dinner, I wonder what kind of dishes we might use. That's a, yeah, exactly. We might borrow some fancy dishes from someplace. Because I probably don't have enough in my house. You know, when people host weddings, they do that. They even rent them. Well, I thought about that I might use this. This is one of the fanciest dishes I have in my house. It was my great-grandmother's. And whenever I pulled this out when my kids were little, I'd be like, don't touch it, if they got close. Don't touch it, you might break it. So we put it in a special spot. Nobody could touch it. And normally it's put up away in a glass cabinet high up where the kids can't get to it. So, so you know, because it's fragile and it's beautiful and I don't want it 
broken because it's so nice. So that's one kind of dish maybe we'd get ready. Here's another kind of dish that we might use. Now this one we use all the time. I put cereal in it, nuts in it. You can eat soup in it. When my sons were little, it was a drum. Sometimes I use it as a helmet. We use this for everything. Now, which one do you think we'd use if we were getting ready for Jesus? This one or the, this one? Mm, we have a debate. This, this one? Yeah, you might not have them. I'm going to ask you that again later in a minute, okay? So God gave us a sign to tell us how we would know when King Jesus was coming, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He gave us a sign to know what kind of king he would be, if he would be like those powerful, important people that we're used to. And um, you guys want to hear the sign? You guys already know it, I think, because you just told us a star. Do you, can you think of other signs? The angel. Shepherds. The cross. Well, the cross hasn't happened yet, but that is a sign for us now. But when Jesus was born, that hadn't happened yet, so we weren't ready for that. Well, God did send angels, his most important messengers, to shepherds. Now, shepherds, shepherds were the ones that stayed out all night and worked and were super smelly. They're the ones that nobody really wanted to be around. They're the opposite of what we would think would get to go see most important people. The shepherds were the opposite of that. But the angels came to them. The most important angel, Gabriel, said, this will be a sign to you. And here's the sign. You ready for it? Here's the sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. What a funny sign for the most powerful and important person in the whole universe. That was the sign. You see, when Jesus came, he didn't have fancy clothes that we couldn't touch. They were kind of more like this, right? And where was he born? In a fancy estate? No, where was he born? In a barn with the animals. And you know where he was laid? What's a manger? It's where animals eat. Anyone could come close to Jesus, even the smelly shepherds. He came as a little tiny baby in a very ordinary place where anyone, even the people that were invisible and ignored, could come, the shepherds, and see him. Now, how do you, have you guys seen somebody hold a newborn baby? Did they hold him like this? Or like this? Or like this? No, because babies can't even hold their necks up. So you have to hold them like this. You hold them really close. And you can smell their sweet baby smell. And you can see their little eyes and nose and mouth. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, came as a little baby. So all of us could be this close to him. Everyone could come and touch and see and smell and be this close. So I want to teach you a little finger play that um, I learned that will remind you of how close Jesus is to us. Okay, you ready? You need a finger. You ready? Everybody got a finger out? This is Jesus, okay? 
Now you need a bed for him. You got your bed? Okay, here's Jesus and here's your bed. Okay, now you got to repeat after me. Ready? Here's baby Jesus. Put him to bed. Is he in bed? I'm waiting until he's in everybody's bed. Good. Cover him up. All but his head. And if he should cry, we'll put him right here. For he is Emmanuel, God who is near. You feel how close that is right there? As close, oh, you don't have to repeat anymore, but thank you. Um, <laughs> it'll get really long, but um, that's how close Jesus is to you. He's as close as your own hands, your own body. That's how much he loves you. So you can remember that. We'll do that again at the end. But right now, you guys get to go sit down, and I get to go up there and continue what we call a sermon. So... I just stomped on my craft. <clears throat> well, um, at Christmas time, um, we celebrate what I just described, which is the first coming of Jesus. How did God choose to come to us? In Advent, we prepare for the coming of Christ. We prepare for two comings, the first coming and the second coming. So in the first coming of Christ, we prepare for Emmanuel, God with us. Imagine God, who is so powerful that he can create and collapse a big bang. God, who is so powerful that he's, you know, black holes, they just come and go according to God, right? That God of all power and all might decided to come to us as a tiny newborn baby. And you can put up the slide of of the baby. So if you guys know anything about newborn babies, they're incredibly fragile. They can't hold up their necks. They can't feed themselves. They can't keep themselves clean. You have to change their diapers. They're completely and utterly dependent on whomever's caring for them to take care of them so they can survive. That is how God came to us. God made God's self that vulnerable, completely and utterly vulnerable on Mary and Joseph. Because, as I just let the kids know, he wants us to know how close he is to us. Now, God chose to make himself vulnerable in that sort of close, intimate way, as I was describing to the kids. But God also chose to make himself vulnerable to the oppressive powers of this world. So God, as Jesus, in the womb, had to take a dangerous trip um, from where they lived to Bethlehem because of the order of an occupying power. And then when they got there, there was no room. (laughs) And we've tried to turn that into a sentimental story. But imagine the scenes you see of people having to move 
in great crowds and there being no place to stay. That's what it was like. They weren't choosing to do this. This was because of the occupying power. God from the fetus in the womb was subject and vulnerable to the oppressive powers of our world. And not only that, but when Jesus was a toddler, um, he had to flee as a refugee because of a violent ruler. He had to run, they had to run. And so God not only chose to become incredibly vulnerable in that close, intimate way with Mary and Joseph, but God chose to subject himself to the oppressive powers of this world, to evil, to death. That is how God chose to defeat the oppressive powers of this world, including the most oppressive one, death itself. And so when we prepare for Christmas, we not only prepare for that baby Jesus to come near, but we also open ourselves up to being vulnerable, to recognizing the ways that those oppressive powers that God subjected God's self to cause suffering in the world. So we open ourselves up in Advent to see sin, to see sin in ourselves, the way that we're messed up and cause pain in our relationships, sin in other people that cause us pain, both individually between us, but in our families, in our congregation, in our society. And we grieve those and we cry out, come Lord Jesus. And we not only do that, but we pay attention to the suffering of the world where that sin is wreaking havoc and messing things up because we're looking forward to the second coming as well. And what happens in the second coming? In the second coming of Christ, Christ will return. And this time he's not coming as a little baby in a barn with hardly anybody knowing. This time when Jesus comes back, everyone will know. And everyone will bow the knee to him. Everyone will know that he is king of kings and lord of lords. And he will make everything right. Um, You can go to the the next verse. Um, So when Jesus comes, he'll bring a new heaven and a new earth. We often think of heaven as pie in the pie, by and by, angels and fluffy clouds and stuff. That's not heaven. Heaven actually one day will be earth. It will come down to earth. Palo Alto will be made remade. It will be right, just the way God intended it to be. That's what we look forward to. And that's what we long for, that new heaven and new earth coming together, coming down. And in that new heaven and new earth, the old order of things passes away. All those oppressive powers are defeated. Everything that makes everything wrong is inside us, outside us, and in the powers is wiped away. And instead, God will come close and he will wipe away every tear. He will defeat the most oppressive power, death itself. There'll be no more crying, no more dying, and no more pain. And God himself will dwell with us. So we won't have to be, where's God? I can't see him in this. What is going on? Why would he allow this? We will see him. He will be our light. And so in Advent, we've been choosing to enter into this reality to prepare for it, both the first coming of Christ as a baby and the second coming of Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. And we've been choosing to do that by entering into something called Advent conspiracy. 
this conspiracy, as Susan has preached, to basically resist the occupier of the industrial Christmas complex. That sucks us in to, one way to put it, is spending all this money so that we can try and have this ideal family Christmas that doesn't really exist, right? So we've been encouraged to worship fully, to prepare, to get ready for the King of kings and Lord of lords on that throne who will come near. And we've been encouraged to spend less. Susan told us this story of how her family, instead of everybody getting everybody a present, they did a secret Santa thing where just each person gives one person a present, if that makes sense. It saves a lot of presents and a lot of money. And they chose to give that money to the Sri Lanka fund, which I'll I'll talk about in just a minute. Um, Because spending less would lead to giving more. This is preparing for the coming of Christ. This is participating in Emmanuel here now with us. Because Jesus is actually already here. He's in the room. He's in the world. He's doing his work of his heaven breaking in on earth now. And we get to participate in that. Um, We know that we can't fix or solve even our own problems let alone our family's problems, let alone the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. But we can participate in the ways that Jesus' kingdom is coming and breaking in here and now. And so one of the ways that we've done that as a congregation is to give to this fund for Sri Lanka. And um, so I just wanted to let you know, thanks be to God, our goal was $6,000. So far, we've collected $10,400. Yay. And Jim's selling cards out front if you want to buy some after. Um, that will also go to that. Um, and in this, we're giving money to folks in Sri Lanka. Be- the economy has been really bad there, and they can't afford school supplies. And so not only for the churches, you'll see a video at the end of my sermon where the pastors from Sri Lanka thank us. But it's not, it's for those churches, but it's also for their communities to allow them just super basic things so they can engage in school. Super small way that Emmanuel is coming and has come in the other side of the world that we've gotten to participate in. And so I would want to encourage you today. Today is about the theme from Advent Conspiracy is giving more. What does that look like? What I want to offer to you this morning is it looks like entering in, giving ourselves so that we become vulnerable in ways that are risky, just like God did. God gave up everything. He gave up the fancy dishes in the state and all of that. He gave up all of that power to become a little tiny baby and to subject himself to all of the suffering of our world. We are invited to join him in doing that. We are invited to become vulnerable, to become like Christ. One ways that we can do this is probably more familiar to us, things like confessing our sin to someone and asking forgiveness, things like sharing deeply, things like opening ourselves up to come up to be prayed for and find healing. There's all kinds of ways that we can open ourselves up and become vulnerable. But I would also want to encourage us this also comes out of Susan's sermon from last week, that give to the point where you become vulnerable, 
So I don't know how many of you gave to the Sri Lanka Fund. I hope many of us did. And I don't know what that giving was like for you. Bless you for giving. But if it primarily came out of abundance and you didn't really feel it, (laughs) that is generosity, but it's not really stepping into the character of Christ. Stepping into the character of Christ is giving to the point where you really do actually have to trust God, where you give to the point where you feel vulnerable, whether that's financially, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in your community, whether that's serving in some way that takes you beyond your comfort zone, whether that's opening yourself up to the suffering around you, whether that's local, national, or international, to the point where you experience that kind of vulnerability and you participate in it. When we choose to experience that kind of vulnerability and give ourselves beyond just our abundance, but to the point where we become vulnerable, there is a wonder of experiencing the amazing presence of God, the God who came as a baby. That is how we actually participate in who God really is. We can stay kind of at a distance and at the surface by giving out of our abundance in whatever way, or we can step into the remarkable presence of Emmanuel here on earth with us as we choose to really become vulnerable like Christ. So um, let me end with a couple things. One is um, we have a craft. I meant to show the kids, but I'll just show all y'all. Okay, I hope you can tell what this is. Can you tell what this is? No. What is it? Yes, the baby Jesus. Good. I was so proud and showed someone. He said it looked like a snowman, which it sort of does. But in your imagination, you can say this. Here's baby Jesus in his vulnerable place in the manger. There's even a little hay in here. And you can make this, put it in a place. You can even cuddle with him. Remind yourself how close he is. Or put him in a place that reminds you of our vulnerable God. Come into your house and to participate with that. So I encourage, this is not just for kids, but adults too. You can take a bag out from the picnic tables and you can take it home and make it. Or you can make it right there um, today if you'd like to do it together. Um, So I wanted to tell you that. And then I just wanted to end with a reminder of how vulnerable and close Jesus is. Let's do our finger play again. Okay, you ready? Everybody needs their Jesus, and you need your bed. Okay, ready? And if you want to do it at at home and have some fun, you can draw a little face on your finger. (laughs) I didn't do that because I thought it might be distracting to the kids. Okay, here's baby Jesus. (laughs) Put him to bed. Cover him up. All but his head. And if he should cry. Because Jesus did. He entered into all our suffering. And I'm sorry, you don't need to repeat that part. Um, We'll put him right here. For he is Emmanuel. God who is near. And feel that? You you don't need to repeat that either. Uh, You feel how close? That Jesus is closer to you than that. Because through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is, is in you. And in us is a congregation. In our cities, and in our world. Let's step into vulnerability so that we can see him.
We're going to end with watching the video from the thank you video from the Sri Lankan pastors as a picture of our participation in experiencing Jesus. My name is Jamila. My name is Samadhi, leading pastor of Vineyard Mark Andhra, Sri Lanka. We thanks giving Palarato Vineyard Church for Children uh, School Supplies 2023. Thank you. Hi friends, I'm Dishan Alexander from Candy Vineyard, Sri Lanka. So we would like to thanks for your donation in this Christmas time. So we are going to buy some school stationaries for the kids in our church and also our community. We'd like to wish you to all happy Christmas. Hello friends, I am Pastor Prasanna from Kochikadi Vinyak Church. I am Manika. Thank you Parato Vinyak Church for your financial support for our Christmas program. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. This is my wife. Hi, I'm Shani. Actually, we like to say thank you and we appreciate all your support, encouragement and all your prayers to our Christmas program in India at Kuliyapitiya Church. So, thank, thank you, you very much for your Alto Vinya Church and U.S. partnership. Speaking in the name of Jesus Christ, I am Pastor Suresh from Sri Lanka. I want to say thank you Palo Vineyard Church, masters, brothers and sisters all of you for your arrangement, Christmas, school supplies gift. It's very helpful our ministry. Thank you. I'm Pastor Ganesh, Vineyard Church, Kandy, Sri Lanka. I thank you Palo Church for the supporting this time. Christmas event and school supplies. God bless you.